Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you are new to my channel, I would love for you to actually hit the subscribe button. If you are part of Blog Talk Radio or you are part of uh, you know, Apple's iTunes, wherever you are, would love for you to subscribe to my podcast. And I'd love to gift you my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. You can get that free at SensitiveSoulGuide.com. Now, today on Light Warrior Radio, I have the great pleasure of welcoming back one of my soul sisters. (laughs) Her name is Heidi Conley, and last time we talked a lot about her book, which is Elevating Your HSP, meaning Highly Sensitive Person-ness, so Elevating Your HSP-ness, and it's so, so cool that she's back talking about, hmm, vacationing angels. We are vacationing angels? Hmm. We'll get the whole story of how that came about, that whole term, Vacationing Angels, because that's the first time I've heard something like that. So before I introduce her, let me share a little bit more about her. So last time I spoke to Heidi, we learned about how her husband, Randy, transitioned in 2012, and that was the catalyst that brought forth her ability to communicate with the other side and how shocked she was to find herself downloading books and co-creating flute music through his connection. So Heidi and I talked about how her experience of being a lifelong, highly sensitive person has been in the past a severe detriment leading to illness, anxiety, depression, and fear, and how all that has changed as her, as her unconscious resistance to her authentic nature fell away and her acceptance and love for her own abilities Heidi also learned that we are all what Randy calls vacationing angels, our topic for today, Um, a term that has guided Heidi every step of the way into a whole new way of experiencing life in physical form. She currently utilizes this knowledge and her expertise as a medium to share loving messages from spirit. These conversations are known to change your clients' lives with their insight and clarity relative to processing things like grief, shame, fear, and self-worth. So without further ado, welcome Heidi back to the Light Warrior Radio podcast. Yay! Oh, thank you. Yay. It's so great to be here. Oh, yeah. yeah I, right? I just, just love connecting with you. And yes. yeah, so some of our listeners have not actually, you know, met you because um, they may not have listened to the first show. So maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of background on, you know, how this all came about. Cause it's not everybody that says I can talk to dead people, right? <laughs> True enough, but so many more people than you think. Mm. In other words, I think as soon as we start uh, letting go of all the resistance we carry and that comes in the form of anxiety, depression, fear, overwhelm, all those things that we call our sensitivities, when that starts to fall away, we open the door, the portals to other ways of receiving information from spirit and source. And sometimes like for me, dead people. So it did happen a year and a half after Randy died for me. And it was a long period of grieving before that it was severe depression, severe grief. And when he woke me up that night and said, get out your pen and paper, we're going to write a book. And I listened, um, I just knew I had to listen. I knew it was him. I, I did what he told me. And he was trying to teach me that grief is another way that you're resisting communication from source. 
So it's not necessarily communication from literal dead people. So your dead uncle or so-and-so's dead cousin. It's just the information that could be flowing through. In my case, it was hearing him and then other people who had passed on. And it was really quick after that night. I mean, within days, I was hearing from other dead people. In dreams at first, and then just messages would come in, just suddenly, for my dentist or my attorney or my or my best friend. I mean, it was crazy. And wow. wow. Yeah. Now, were you overwhelmed at all when that first started happening? Because I hear about people being overwhelmed because they're hearing things. I was very fortunate not to feel overwhelmed at all. I was actually wondering why I couldn't hear more, more often. I was, why, I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear more. I wanted to open that door more fully. I always wanted to feel that I had a spiritual connection and I didn't ever feel that before. So first, the real important thing to recognize is we don't get, if we don't tell people the messages we're getting, we don't get validation. So as I always say, if you see, see a ghost in the room, that's pretty good validation. But if you're just getting information, you're claircognizant or clairsentient, and you're feeling the information, unless you speak up, who's to say that Frank, who's telling you to talk to his daughter, the dentist, Who's to say that's ever going to have any meaning, right? It has, it falls into a void. So no, I was never overwhelmed. And I think we talked about it last time a little bit that I have a waiting room. Randy's my gatekeeper. I have a waiting room. They sit there very, I was going to say very patiently, but I can see them all up there and they're like, not so patient. Um, They want to come through, but they come through one at a time for me. And is that because um, you've decided that that's best for you? Yes. I wrote a contract. I have that contract in my book as part of it's a template that I wrote so that people can identify what's important for them to stay grounded and to know, okay, I don't want to be woken up in the middle of a night's sleep. I don't want to have a hundred dead people show up at once. So I don't, can't hear them. You know, I don't want to be in the gym and fall off the treadmill because I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true, right. right? So they just come through in ways that make it easy for me. That's part of the contract. Make it easy. Bring mm. the human near me. I love that. That's one of the favorite parts of, of the book. <laughs> I have to say, oh, thank you. Is the contract. It, it really is like golden. I was like, Oh my gosh, so many of us need that. Right. So if you haven't gotten Heidi's book already, get it. Cause that contract alone is worth multiple times the cost of the book. I love that you love that because people are so afraid that yes. once they open that there's no close, that this just wide open and, and they'll, they'll really just, because they're already sensitive, right? They're yes. already overwhelmed by the physical, quote, right. reality of the world. We're already sort of dying from all that uh, input, that constant. I had someone come up to me the other day and just 
say, I don't know how to live anymore with all this mm. that's coming at me. So that and understanding how to, as you do in your work, understanding how to uh, pull your own energy in as opposed to taking on other people's energy. That's really important. And if you open up to dead people, sure, there are a lot of them that want to talk to you. But it's a contract. It's a mm. two-way street. And Randy talked right. that to me right off the bat. They can't do over there what they're doing if we are not in partnership down here with them. So it's mm. a partnership, right? It's a duo. It's a okay. team effort. Well, one of the concerns Heidi has been, and we'll kind of get to our topic in a sec about vacationing angels, but one of the concerns has been for Sense of Souls, if I open up, in this case, Claire audience, or, you know, however you uh, people open up to dead people because I want to connect with their dead grandmother or mother or whatever, the fear is that, oh my gosh, what about negative entities? They're going to enter the room. They're going to be like in my face, like, you know, that kind of thing. And then, and then the other, uh, uh, um, somebody mentioned to me recently, her issue has been, um, a very high vibe person. Her issue is then high vibrational dimensional beings. So aliens, if you will, are contacting her and having conversations and that's overwhelming her physicality. So I don't know if you have any advice on that one. Maybe Randy does. Uh, but so there's two things, negative spirits and then ETs. I have never had that issue because that's in my contract. Hmm. And so I don't know if everyone feels like they have a gatekeeper like I do, someone I really trust in the non-physical world, like my husband. Uh, but I trust him implicitly to act in that capacity. So in my contract, it says no negative stuff, none. No. <laughs> if you want me to do this work, I'm happy to do this work, but I am not willing to take on anything but white light beings. Okay. And so I focus on my willingness to do the work not having to keep anything out. And that has worked for me. Okay. I don't know if it will work for everybody because right. certainly there are a lot of people who are much more sensitive than even you or I, even though that's kind of hard to imagine, right, from our perspective. But I think if you start hmm, sort of engaging that energy, and taking in the concern about it, it's another fear-based reality for you. And that a fear is an indicator of some kind of resistance. So I keep going back to, to that. If I'm afraid of it, I'm resisting something. Hmm. What am I resisting? I guess I'm resisting all the white light that may be wanting to come in because I'm afraid. I mean, it sort of goes around in a circular way. But I think the contract for me solidified what I want, how I want it, how it will make me feel happy, mm. not challenge me more than mm. I was already challenged. Right, right. So if on the one hand, you know, the high vibrational human is, is very um, accepting, you know, of, of that communication from extraterrestrials, for example, uh, but it's affecting her physicality because you can't tolerate that vibration yet in her physical being, then that doesn't make her happy, right? <laughs> exactly. And spirit wants us to be happy. Mm. That's the whole 
premise of being a vacationing angel. Mm. But we come out down here to be, to find some joy. And it's not helpful if we're, right? So, and Karen, I think if you think about it a little bit, like what's a high vibration? Is, that, is being in a really high va- vibration um, automatically encouraging negative entities or aliens to come in? Not for me. Not for me. And I know I've read, I love your work. I love the directives. Um, I've, I've been practicing some of them and I think they're awesome. Uh, and I guess it's just a way of um, using the language to reflect your understanding and willingness to step into a frequency that has criteria attached to it, Mm. that has certainty attached to it, that says, here's the direction I want to go. Yes. And here's the way I want to get there. Because if I don't do it that way, I'll be a mess. If I'm a mess, am I contributing to the greater good? my greater good, the world's greater good. No, I'm just a basket case again. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that anymore. Do you think sometimes that we get these um, opportunities to actually learn certain things? Like, for example, there was a time where I think six to eight weeks, I was woken up in the middle of the night once, at least once, but several times a night to do some work. And sometimes it was some pretty weird stuff, sometimes spiritual, sometimes ET, sometimes, you know, I got to do something for the sun or the moon or this constellation or these people. And then I was like, okay, this is not working for my physical body, guys. Okay, seriously. And then it was sort of like, it was like my guardian angels were like, well, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Right? And I was like, wait a second. What do you? What am I going to do about? What about you guys, right? So I realized it's like, wait a second. I, in this case, didn't have a contract, right? I didn't. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about having boundaries, uh, physical, you know, boundaries physically or boundaries with 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 humans and other you know physical beings. But I never thought about having boundaries with these other requests because I thought they were for the highest good. Right. But it's like, wait a second, I can do it like nine to five. <laughs> I don't have to do it right. when I'm trying to sleep. I totally get that because I was being woken up too. And, and I said, listen, it's not working for me. Yeah. And, and so that he, well, Randy in this case, but they, my team was very clear. We want to be in this partnership. So if it's not working for you, it's not working for us. Mm, makes because sense. If, you're, if your physical being is shutting down, is having really bad uh, repercussions and, in, you know, and, you know, illness or whatever, you can't sleep, you're tired, then our messages are not going to come through clearly either. Mm-hmm. Right. So the human filter is just going to get in the way. Right. And do you think that our, you know, angelic team or source team, because they're not embodied, sometimes possibly do request more of us than our physical bodies can handle and it's up to us to actually state it? Like, part of me is like, well, shouldn't they know? (laughs) Right. I, Mm, that's a really good question. What I am getting right now is, yes, they know. But their energy is so pure and high that it's just on automatic flow. It, it's just the, the tap is open. Mm. And because we're human, I think there's just a tendency to 
keep the flow going unless we sort of, you know, test the spigot. So I don't really think it's per. I think they mm. know, but I think we need to know too. That's why you and I are writing these books. That's why we're having these discussions because there's too much that the average human doesn't know. Right. 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 And they don't see it as a partnership. They okay. don't know that there's this direct communication that I could say, Randy, this is not working for me. And then maybe I'll get, well, it needs to work for you. So get it together. <laughs> or as he says to me, shut up and do what I'm telling you to do. Tee hee. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, this is his way of telling me get it together. But no spirit ever wants it to hurt you. Mm. They don't. They don't want that. Right. right. I, I think that that does resonate. That whole stream of consciousness is that that spigot is on whether we decide to, you know, sip at it or gulp and make us hyponatremic because there's so much coming out, right? Because <laughs> like, exactly. we can't uh, uh, stand it. And uh, so that discernment on our behalf, not realizing that's how it works. I, I sometimes call it, um, you know, are you tuned into angel radio? Yes. So if you're tuned into angel radio 24-7 and you got other stuff to do and it's very so-called distracting to your everyday human mundane, so-called mundane life. Or, or that could be you could have it, right? You could have it playing in the background. Yes. So you need to have your angel radio on tuned to the station. Right. Because then you're living your life from guidance, from right. a point of, right? From the angel, angelic perspective. It's when you shut it off completely or mm. have it blaring at blaring, you. Right that that things get out of whack right yeah and i, I love, love that, that you call it angel radio because here we are talking about angels and music right we're talking about being on a channel of, of a high frequency yeah which is yeah. a lot of music i do yeah yeah that's cool now let's get back to the whole idea you know that term that randy introduced vacationing angels. So some of us will say, well, wait a second, not every one of us has an angelic soul. So what do you mean by vacationing angel? Exactly this. It's so wonderful. Um, Actually, he came up with this term when he was dying. So only a few weeks before he died, Hmm. he came out of a, a deep sleep where he would get all kinds of downloads information. And he said to me, we're all vacationing angels. And I said, what does that mean? He said, I was at a place called the Gateway Cafe and I was ordering off the menu and I ordered a pepperoni and onion pizza, which was his favorite. And what I learned is that we're all angelic beings and we get opportunity to be in this place, and we call it the Gateway Cafe, where you get to choose where you want to, who you want to be, and where you want to be, and how you want to enter the physical realm your next time around as a human. So, from an angelic perspective, we're on vacation. Yeah, some of us are like, we are some not resonating like with that on. word vacation. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know, you probably have you seen the Barbie movie? No, not yet. I'm just going to wait till it get, comes to Netflix yeah. or whatever. I don't have a, a young woman to go there with me. So. You know, I went with my sister yesterday because we had heard that it was actually a profound feminist sort of statement, sort of a me too in that, in oh, that vein. Okay. Uh, and 
we decided we wanted to check it out. Well, I'm not going to critique the movie. Okay. There's a lot of it that didn't resonate for me, but it's like the Velveteen Rabbit story because Barbie decides at the end she wants to be human. I think we froze. Okay, so Barbie wants to be human, sort of like we decide in in the Gateway Cafe that we're going to want to be human too. So what I learned is by the end of the movie, Barbie decides she wants to be human. She doesn't want to be a doll anymore, even though she knows she's learned by being in the human world how hard it is. And I thought, this is so perfect because that's the whole point of being a vacationing angel that you say, okay, here I am. I, I, this is really, 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 really a hard life, Mm -hmm. but we get to do so many awesome things. We get to go to the beach and smell the ocean and make love and, you know, use all our physical senses. And we don't want to just be up here and evolve as spiritual entities. We want to experience being human so we can evolve on that level. And so it really does feel like a vacation. And because I didn't really feel that way, myself, Mm -hmm. Randy kept showing me the way it worked. And one of the ways he did that was by helping me write The Gateway Cafe, which is about a teenager who is um, a misfit. She feels like a misfit. She is very unhappy in her life. And she ends up traveling to the up there to the gateway cafe where the angels hang out deciding where they want to go on their next vacation Mm -hmm. to the down here to Seattle, Washington, where she lives a very human existence. And then she hangs out in the in-between with her dead grandmother. Mm. Yeah. And the whole thing is that I guess being a vacationing angel is a little bit of a spiritually humorous take, just like elevating your HSP-ness on what can feel like a really overwhelmingly serious reality of being human, right? So it's my belief that we need a little bit of lightheartedness to live our lives as highly sensitive beings, what I'm now calling as hyperceptives. Mm. Hyperceptives, like H Y. I like that. Yeah, one word. Hyperceptives. Uh, I think you know we both know from our experience that when you see your sensitivities not as superpowers but as detriments, that life just keeps getting harder and harder. So we're focused. Our work keeps focusing on elevating and amplifying those, um, the relationship we have with our abilities and our perceptivities. So when we combine the concept of living life as a vacationing angel, the 
sort of the door to our human experience shifts and transforms mm. really dramatically because you recognize that things aren't really the way you always thought they were and how you felt them through your human experience, right? Mm -hmm. You say, oh, I made these choices. Well, then why does it feel so bad down here? But okay, the choice I made to come in in this particular form, in this particular family, at this particular time, that doesn't mean that I don't get to navigate it in and change my experience every step of the way. I have choice. As a human, I have free will. So how am I going to use this vacation to evolve? How am I, how am I going to take my high perceptiveness and not only accept it, and I know you have words that you use, Karen, invite and intend, right? We're talking about the same thing, engaging and amplifying, inviting, allowing, intending, all those words that say, I want to take it to the next level. It's not mm -hmm. going to hurt me. It's only going to help me once I understand the philosophy behind it. Yes, absolutely. That, that shift, that perceptual shift of going from, okay, I'm on earth. This is really, really hard. We, we're just kind of stuck in our humanness there. And then when we reperceive, wait a second, wait a second. If I'm a vacationing angel, I chose this, right? Yes. And it's for my evolution and I get to make choices and I get to, you know, feel and sense and touch and smell and all this kind of stuff. I, I can actually have fun even if I'm miserable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a big leap for people, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But you do, because you, I agree with you. And you can start in smaller steps and you can say, yes, I see people think I have a soul contract. So now this is the way I have to live. This is it. It's oh, that's a good point. Yes. Right? No. Let's talk about that. Right. It's not fate. It's not mm -hmm. destiny that because you have a soul contract with so-and-so or so-and-so that, that you are locked into a burdensome um, nightmare of a relationship. No, you get to navigate it. And you say to yourself, oh, this is a contract I made. Now, what am I going to do with it? Mm. And I love that because having free will is what being human is all about. And knowing I'm a of an angel that I come from that energetic source place gives me this freedom to express my life differently through my energetic connections, not only with humans, but with the spirit world. Oh yeah. I love that. So and great. I call it the creed of calibration, too. So I think we mentioned that last time, but this is where the theory is supported. You calibrate to your highest sense in the best interest of all concerned. You're calibrating every day in the way that you know will be in the best interest. That's the basis of life as a vacationing angel. So... When I wrote the Gateway Cafe, 
that was at the, 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 that was the impetus for it all. Um, you know, how about I read a couple of paragraphs? Would that be fun? Ooh, yes, that'd be wonderful. Okay, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, here's a good place. So, Thimble, Allegra Smith, is our protagonist, and she's just discovered. She woke up one day, she has wings on her back. And she ends up flying out the window and ending up, where else? The Gateway Cafe. So at this point, let's see. There's an angel talking to her. Did you ever wonder, Julian says, how you came to be you? Why things are the way they are and why you do what you do? I'm at a loss to answer. I've been too busy going back and forth with myself about just how likely it is that I'd be stranded here at the Gateway Cafe in perpetuity? You're kidding, right, I say. Life has never made any sense. Julian nods. I hear you, dude, he says, and that's why you're here. And uh, where's here exactly? In the up here, he gestures magnanimously. It's where angels hang out until we're ready to go on our next vacation as humans. That's when you get to dish on all those fly sensations, you know, hear the ocean, smell a flower, taste a Snickers bar. All the so-called angels nod up and down, making mm-mm noises as if Snickers are worth, well, dying for, which is ridiculous because everybody knows there's no such thing as angels. Julian goes on, you know, to have a body that feels things. This is stupid, I say. There's no such thing as angels. This is a dream, a really, really detailed dream, maybe, but a dream. Okay, says Julian, but what if it isn't? It has to be, because if it isn't, I'm in big trouble. Because if angels really exist, if you exist, and I'm up here with you, well, for one thing, that means I've kicked the old bucket. No worries there, says Julian. Your contract in the down there won't be up for... He consults the strange spinning mechanism on the wall. Well, for quite a while. In human terms, that is. Dots, you know, the down there's, only come to the Gateway Cafe on temporary up visas. Residency comes later. Wow, that is amazing, Heidi. I love it. I love it. I, you know, the, the, what the first, when you started talking, I was like, I got to ask her this after she's finished reading this passage. Is this appropriate? Is this book appropriate for children? And if so, what's the youngest age it's appropriate for? It's appropriate for any age that can understand it because, Mm. uh, I have reviewed sort of testimonials from 12, 11, 12 and 13 year olds and from, 90-year-olds. I tried to, we tried, me and Randy and my spirit team, to keep it really fun. And when she talks to her dead grandmother in the in-between, she plays basketball with her. She plays hoops. You know, Thimble loves mm. basketball. She, But she gets the information she needs to understand the real message that she can love herself Mm. that 
we can really start to love ourselves and our abilities no matter how unusual they seem, no matter how, uh, well, detrimental they seem because she's a highly sensitive kid Mm -hmm. who doesn't understand what to do with those sensitivities. So I don't know about you, but I know so many people and myself and my children, when they were growing up, they were so overwhelmed by loud noises or too much information, even going on the school bus. And it's called ADHD. (laughs) Now you have, you know, you have an anxiety disorder. And my son, he was at his best when he was pitching a ball or Mm. when he was watching a television show or drawing. (laughs) In other words, times and places of complete ultimate focus Mm. right Mm -hmm. that's what it takes so it's not don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that and take a pill it's learning to work within and they're not constraints working within these supreme perceptive zones that each individual offers Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm just thinking about um, somebody I know, a friend whose son just started like kindergarten, like it just started going to school. Uh, I can't remember which type of school, but he's pretty young. And uh, then he vomited. <laughs> and it reminded me of my highly sensitive brother who does not identify as a highly sensitive Um who every year uh, when Labor Day would come around the day before school, he would be vomiting. And after a few years, my mom realized, okay, that's just his anxiety, and she made him go to school. But it makes sense that in school, you're first of all, it's like all these brand new people. You just got used to the people from last year, right? And you felt safe. And then all of a sudden, there's brand new people, brand new teachers. I remember being anxious too because I was like, are they going to like me? Are they going to be mean to me? I was bullied. So so it was really anxiety-producing, but I didn't vomit, but my brother did. So – how, how does one, na- I know we're kind of going on a tangent here, but how does one navigate with children so they can re-perceive and, and kind of like figure out what to do when they get in that strange new environment? Part of it goes back to that wonderful tool of the psychic octopus that we mm. talked about last time, because a right. kid, even very small children I've worked with, you take a sponge, you have them dip it in a bowl of water They're the sponge, and here they are at school full of water. And you teach them to wring it out. You Mm. teach them that they can find a safe space, and you teach them that that safe space can be within themselves. And you use visuals, you use drawings, you use an octopus. I mean, my little uh, stuffed octopus I take everywhere with me is my (laughs) constant reminder that to pull it in. And so... I got to get one of those. Oh, (laughs) There are so many. There's the beanie baby ones, and there's oh my there gosh. so many stuffed octopus. And mine was given to me by a five-year-old who mm-hmm. used it all the time. Wow. So I am actually putting together, when I first worked on the Gateway Cafe, uh, it came in 52 stanzas of poetry. Oh. And this is so, it's so funny. That's why... When Julian starts talking here, it rhymes 
Randy was a poet and I uh. was never, I was never don't write poetry and never thought about it. But the whole story came through in, in a poem mm. in rhyme. So right now, instead of a novel, I'm putting it together with illustrations for younger children. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think it's going to be totally amazing because I want it to be for kids. And I wanted this book to be a visionary fiction novel. I wanted it to reach all ages, but mm. you know, younger kids need more than that. They need something. They need some pictures. Right. Onto, right. Oh, I love that. Well, I, I didn't have a lot of little kids in um, my office practice. I think the youngest was 13. And so they would actually put up oh, a they bubble. Would love it. They, they ended up, we ended up putting them in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, shield, uh, you know, some of them, you know, understood the whole shields up thing. And they, and, and as, as long as they remembered to put their bubble up, they were fine. But I remember one, um, I think she was 15 at the time. She completely forgot because I hadn't seen her in a while, so there was no accountability, and she forgot, and she failed her exam, and she's an A-plus student, right? Uh, but she did have some sort of, you know, uh, another doctor had written her as a, have, having been disabled, um, and so they were very kind to let her reset the exam all by herself, and of yes. course, she aced it. Yes. And I said, did you remember your bubble? You know, when she failed the exam, I said, she said, I forgot all about my bubble, and I said, well... You know, I said, no wonder you failed. You were just feeling everybody else's anxieties. I can't believe you're saying this. I have a whole chapter in there where she's sitting for her, Thimble is sitting for her exams. And she has these awarenesses. She's actually feeling the fear of the football player next to her who's always afraid of failing. She's feeling the girl next to her who's jealous of her. She's feeling all those things. And then she realizes that's what, that's what I'm about. I have this ability. How do I deal with it? I don't. Oh, that's a very aware on. of her. <laughs> yes. Because, well, that's toward the end of the book when she's oh, okay. already had a lot of lessons <laughs> from, from, yeah, her dead grandmother and, and the other angels. So she begins to really recognize how it has affected her life. It's not her fault. She's sitting in a room with all these people mm-hmm. who are fearful or angry or depressed or scared. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she's feeling it all. Yep. I was the same way. Yes. It's really hard to take exams from me. Oh, my god! And gosh. I didn't know why. I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that, is, that is so fascinating. That's so neat that you have that story right in there. <laughs> Yes, I do. You've got to read it. It's great. It's so. Oh much my fun. gosh, that's it's great. So well, I'll, I'll probably end up uh, hitting you up for a signed copy for Absolutely. my niece um, because I think she would really and and they and and that family really likes books. So great. Uh, I think this would be perfect. And then, but well, I don't know when your other one's coming out because uh, the other niece is a lot younger. So you know, probably a little bit too much for her, unless the older niece reads it out loud. And guess what? <laughs> it is now an audiobook. Oh, okay. so I had it made into an audiobook by an actress. So wow, that, yeah, so that's amazing. Too, Look I at know. you rocking it. I'm rocking. <laughs> 
Now, okay, now you, you mentioned something in, in some of our notes here around the higher truth of metaphysical technology. What's that? Is that your music? Actually, it could be. It started out when Randy started to teach me. He said, all major technological advances are really representations and metaphors of some higher truth. Mm. And I love that. So for example, right? The telephone is a reminder that at one time, humans actually um, trusted their ability for telepathy to communicate. So they didn't, they weren't standing around saying, oh, we need to create an instrument. They, They just trusted it at some point in our existence. And the television is, it reminds us when people would tell their visions and share their stories. Again, tuning into that channel of being. So this is saying, don't settle for the metaphor. Live your energetic alignment, your truth. Grow the inherent abilities. Don't just allow the technological representers, if you will, to speak for you. That's the way to develop yourself as a vacationing angel. Oh, okay. Well, Randy, I really like that. I love it. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, and I'm sure you've you've had to deal with it either for yourself or other, um, you know, highly perceptive people, is there's so many in this tribe that cannot stand technology. They have trouble with technology. Technology blitzes on them when they use it. Their vibration just like kills it, right? And I used to be like that when I was in fibromyalgia. I used to like kill stuff. Um, one of my colleagues who's uh, – um, she had uh, been developing, you know, for a telesummit, this, this brand-new program. First time on a telesummit, she went through four laptops. They all died. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so <laughs> I like to say I love technology. So people laugh when I say that, right? Especially in my tribe. I say, oh, yeah, I say it all the time. I actually do. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth because I also love, just the way I say I love money. Money is love energy unit to me. Mm. Every bit of money is a love energy unit. It only hurts me to try to disengage from things that could help me. I may not be great at technology. I I may not be always in the flow, but I love my phone. I never say I hate my phone. I have friends who say that all the time. I hate this damn phone. phone. No, no, I love my phone. I love my computer. I love that I can Skype people and Zoom people and talk to people. Yes. Clients all over the world. How can I not love it? But. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And thank you, because we're on that same page. But we don't have to settle for the metaphor it becomes. Mm, Right. Right? We don't use it to avoid, distract, or otherwise turn away from our vacationing angel-ness, our ability for telepathy. I know you talk about that Mm -hmm. in your stuff, and I really agree with that that idea that we can communicate in that way, but so let's use it. Let's use it in the right way. Let's create a opportunity. Oh yes. I love that term too. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So every day we get 
opportunities to practice are vacationing angelness. So one of them for me is I practice amnesia. So what? I forget. <laughs> I know, right? I practice forgetting who I am and all my stories about myself and my ah. life experience. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning and before I have a chance to hook into Oh, this happened. Or like today I woke up. Oh, my car. I have to get it into the shop. Oh, this. Oh, that. I just forget if I weren't Heidi with this particular physical or emotional or quote real situation, how would I be? Who would I be? If I weren't all the stories of the way my parents treated me and the way my, you know, my ex-husband, blah, blah, blah. If I didn't live that in my moment now, who would I be? So that's one really big opportunity. Um, Ooh, I get it. Yeah, because our stories, uh, because sometimes repeat what we were, and you're saying in a way that, Every, if we can, if we wish to, we, we can choose who we, you know, um, yes. yeah, no, we're not our stories. In other words, we're we, not we our can stories. choose our yeah. next moment. And we could, you know, Eckhart Tolle would say being in the power now and being present, but see, those are great catchphrases. We need ways to really understand them better. How do you be in the now? Well, for me, one way to be in the now is to literally not be in the emotional or psychological present. So as you would do in stoic, go into your body, Mm -hmm. feel the energy, process it differently, have a different philosophy, create a different pathway, an energetic pathway that leads you in a different direction. Like, oh, here's a really good one. What if the word God... G-O-D, really meant gratitude over domination. Mm. So if the word God and the personification um, of a deity-like presence, if that's never resonated for you as it didn't for me, there may be a good reason. Uh, what What if that were the message vacationing angels in human form were meant to receive? That the message of God, Inc., were simply to share the universal message of oneness through compassion, equality, and love. Gratitude over dominating over anything, not over our abilities, not over other people, not over the planet simply to have the gratitude and appreciation of the beingness of who we are as we are all one godness <laughs> could we get there to that oneness if we thought of god as that place and space of of um you know pure connectedness mm. Does that make sense or did mm-hmm. I go sort of off? Mm, that was nice. Uh, I've seen many different, uh, you know, acronym or not acronyms, but like 
definitions of G-O-D. So this is a new one for me, gratitude over dominating. And you're saying dominating anything because it's so true. We could, you know, the, the average person, well, I'm not dominating anything. <laughs> but if we really look at our, ourselves honestly, yeah, I would have to say, yeah, yeah. Con- control my time, control my schedule, control you know, uh, whatever, um, you know, life needs to be this way for me, you know, and then remembering, oh, wait a second, <laughs> I'm, um, yes. I'm, I'm a spiritual being having human experience and maybe it's what not supposed I do to with be that? this way. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And what about, I know you're, you were talking about the sacred, uh, economy mm-hmm, book, mm-hmm. um, which I really love. What if truth were the only monetary currency? They, mm. Randy called it the economy of truth. So mm-hmm. this is a similar perspective. From an angelic perspective, we could ask, where would your bank account be if it relied on an economy where people knew the essence of this so-called godliness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? As economic orphans, uh, orphaned by I guess our disconnection from source or God or ourselves, we turn fear of losing what we have into a way of life at the expense of ourselves and the expense of all other things. So we don't want to miss the point. We, mm-hmm. we want to take time to know ourselves and source to keep out of fear and in the place of loving abundance because the universe is a system. It's a technological system. It's like a grafting of the two. It's the true cosmology of life. And it's not ne- necessarily based on whether we believe in evolution or a godly presence, but how we choose to be part of that system and establish a harmonious balance within that system Mm. and how we use the technological advances to benefit that system. Yes. Well, I think uh, Charles Eisenstein would definitely agree with you on that one because uh, he he kept saying, look, I'm I'm not trying to say that we should just abandon all technology and all modern conveniences to go back to, you know, a quote unquote better time in the past. No, no, no. It's like, how do we use these in service of going forward in unity uh, as, as a, you know, as a, as a a new human tribe with a new story, a new human story, not the separatist story, but the unity story. So I was so relieved (laughs) when I read that because I love technology, right? So I'm like, Oh, I hope he's not telling us we have to go back to, you know, the Luddite days, but whatever. Well, it's so important because there is no way of going back and unless the world just falls apart and explodes, which who knows if that's going to happen, but that's not the point. Randy was a financial astrologer Mm. the last few years of his life. And yeah. And people would hear he traded the markets using the planetary cycles as a guide. And, Mm -hmm. but they'd always say, I don't play the markets. It's a gambling game. It's a gambler's game. Forget it. That's just, and, and Randy had to go to this place inside himself and say, I am not going to hate the markets or the people or the analysts or the, you know, there's so much to fight against, Mm -hmm. Karen. There's so much to despise. There's so much to say, I can't engage with that because it's bad. 
And he said, I'm going to engage with it in an emotional, psychological, energetic way that works for me. There's mm-hmm. nothing bad inherently in the True. system. True. It's yep, the judgment's we, a human thing. Yes. It's how we engage with it. Yes. Right. I know people have a really hard time with, with that concept, Heidi, when, when know. you know they, they're, they're talking about, hey, I was psychically attacked, or I need to protect myself from evil, or... You know, so there's that separation again, and at the same time, they they get sort of theoretically, okay, so if there are lower vibration entities, we can actually heal them, uh, but also it still feels separate, you know, for the most part for most people. I agree. I agree. It's taken me some time to – I just had to decide I wasn't willing to do that anymore. I, okay. I just keep making that decision over and over, over and over and over and remembering how it was for Randy in the markets because he loved the idea of trading the markets. He always had as even as a boy, but he felt like it was a bad thing. Um. He felt like they were bad people and he would watch the news and he would see these analysts and they, he would say to me, you can't trust any of these people because they're in it for themselves and there's insider trading, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But once he, he left that perspective, he just tapped into his own intuitive side mm-hmm. and he did what felt right for him. Mm, that's beautiful. And, and that's really good you tell Randy's story about this because so many of us are triggered and not, not even triggered, but like have negative stories related to that. Um, I, I, I pretty much, I felt the same thing. <laughs> like, yes. oh, these people on Wall Street, you know, getting bailed out and, you know, like where's the money actually going to all these CEOs and, you yes. know, they're not giving it to the people and judgment, 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 judgment. Yes. And that doesn't make us less, more abundant. Right? right? It only makes right. us less capable of feeling good about money. I don't yes. have to feel good about Wall Street. I don't have to like these people. I don't have to like the president. I don't have to like any of that. But what I have to love is my own ability to tap into the energy, to, to move the economics of fear into the vibration of the economics of love. Mm. It's a spiritual economy. Based on spiritual growth and evolution. I love that. Now, you have something very special for us today. um, An audio that we're going to play a little bit um, and people can receive. So can you share a little bit about what that's, what is that? This is a recording I made. All my recordings are co-created with my spirit team. And if it's a custom recording with the spirit team of my client. Uh, they, I am given a purpose of the recording, and it can be very specific, like we were talking about, you know, fibromyalgia it can be for something like that, uh, or it can simply be a general um, recording for general healing. That's the case for this recording. I was told it was called Striking It Rich. I love when the titles really, really match, like Lost at Sea is about Uh, healing alcohol addiction PTSD one is called swept under the rug there there are some really great titles this one is called striking it rich and it's for generalized physical uh, well-being and I recorded it one day Uh, I was sort of just in this uh, very 
mellow place. It was a newer flute for me. And the room was perfect acoustics. And I just really felt that the encoded frequencies were very powerful. And I play a lot of my music uh, in the background all day long. I play it on mute. It can be actually played on mute as long as you're open to receiving the energy. And it will just permeate uh, the cellular structure and patterning of the human being, as you might say, the microbiome, right? And so it's in Mm -hmm. there. It bypasses human resistance, which is sort of all we're talking about, right? How to be in human, how to not have resistance to the best parts of our human existence. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's great. So um, people want to like bookmark this page, they can potentially listen to this. And then um, let's talk about where they can find you, Heidi. Uh, We've been talking so long, I forgot to say that part. (laughs) Where they can uh, find you, where they possibly get a custom energy encoded piece from you or whether they could purchase this piece or any other uh, um, uh, piece that you've already created. Yes. So just to make for uh, briefly, you can go to HeidiConnolly.com for any and all of my recordings, uh, for custom music, for my course, for my books, uh, for private coaching, all of that is on there. And I'm just going to play a small portion of this music just to give you a taste. Sounds great. Heidi is kind of waving in and out, which is different from what it was doing before. Oh. At least for me, it could be my internet, but you've been coming in clear for me. Because uh, we tested this, people. We did yes. test this <laughs> before we started the recording. So, hmm. yes. That's hmm. a <laughs> you know, spirit has a way, right? So I can try one more thing, but then if it doesn't work, well, you know, what we could do, um, Heidi, is that um, there is a way in which we can attach this to the end of the oh, recording, um, like a little blurb. If you send us, you know, a, yes. a excerpt, um, we can actually attach it so that when people close, after we close out the whole interview, they can actually just listen to that last little bit and just, you know, be in the perfect. space to receive. How's that perfect. sound? Perfect. That is absolutely perfect. And they can find it, um, Striking It Rich, the whole thing, on the website. So that would be great. That would be great. Okay. We'll make it happen. So HeidiConnolly.com, and that's spelled Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, and Conley, all one word, C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y. So double N, double L. So HeidiConnolly.com. And then um, I'm sure somebody would love to know, because uh, you mentioned about private coaching, do you also do private spirit readings if somebody's passed away and they want to speak to their grandmother, that kind of thing? Absolutely. 
uh, it often gets combined. Someone will come for a mediumship reading and end up really wanting to explore their own abilities. Uh, and they, people really want help in understanding what they're seeing and feeling and, and you know, did they really see a spirit? Uh, they have no one to talk to about it. They don't have anyone to ask whether they're afraid to, right? They don't want to be seen as crazy. Um, and uh, it's dangerous. It feels dangerous. So uh, I do both kinds of sessions, and sometimes they're integrated. Oh, um, that's fun. Yes, yeah, that's great. Okay, well, we, I may be hitting you up because uh, my, my father has announced that the oncologist told me at four months to live. Uh, not that I'm very pro doctors saying those kinds of things because patients yes. will do whatever the doctor says, right? Yes. But the good part is that he's enjoying every day and connecting with people on a deeper heart level than Which ever before. Which is amazing. Right. And, and it's not like I, you know, can't do it. Um, it's just sometimes it's like, you know, it's kind of nice to <laughs> have an in-between person to help out. You know, Karen, that's actually very common when... When I'm having a really hard time with something, I often am not hearing well because what is it? I'm resisting it, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm experiencing this this intense human emotion. And I have a couple of people I call and say, what's Randy saying? <laughs> because mm -hmm. I'm not hearing him. Mm -hmm. And so we all need that. Um, it's yeah, just well, thank you. Really, yeah, it can be really hard to hear the people who are the closest to you. Yeah, good to know. Um, so, uh, any last nuggets of wisdom you'd like to share before we close for yes. today? And then, like I said, we'll attach the, the excerpt, uh, right after this. The la let's see. Yes. I have a guided meditation, uh, and recording of music on, it's called marry yourself. I suggest people write out the vows that they would promise to themselves. So if you committed Ooh. to a lifelong relationship with yourself, because you're the only one who's with you every minute of the day, from your birth to the day of your transition, and vacationing angels really understand that they need to marry themselves first, to, to commit to themselves to the promise of connectivity, just the same way they would commit to and love someone else. Mm -hmm. That meditation guides them through. And you can just do it on your own, have an imagining session. But this is the way to start your journey with the creed of calibration and marrying yourself and just living through the eyes of a different perspective. Beautiful. I love that. Okay. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for coming back on Light Warrior Radio, Light Warrior Radio, <laughs> and uh, sharing your immense wisdom with us. Love all the different things we, we talked about. So valuable. Um, also, thank you in advance as well for that excerpt of that Strike It Rich, <laughs> yes. which is fantastic. Um, and we want to thank Randy too uh, for being part of this. So, um, you are so welcome. And I'm going to send you uh, the Gateway Cafe. Yay! You have that's... your own physical book. Oh, awesome. Well, I'll probably buy another one that's um, with my niece's name in there so you can... <laughs> 
maybe autograph that one for her and so I could send it to her in Canada. Uh, you know, her birthday is coming up, so that'll be really cool. Um, so thank you in advance. And, and want to thank all of our Light Medicine, Light Warrior community for tuning in today. <sighs> Beautiful. Until next time, big love. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you so much, Kate.